From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Douglas here, along with Elaine Harlan and our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl Al Ramsey here. Welcome to you, wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with us on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. And uh, tonight, Elaine, uh, some some friends yes. from a, a wonderful uh, service to our community and... and uh, in fact, uh, we're going to offer you, if, if, I mean, this is so critical, the information you're going to get today. If you'd like a copy, a CD copy of, of tonight's broadcast, I'll be happy to, to do that for you. However, there's a catch. Uh-oh. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you the catch. What all right? is it? I'm going, to hear, I'm going to set this up, okay? Had a great Father's Day. Good. Uh, great glad. Father's Day. And for those of you who are listening to the recorded broadcast, uh, Father's Day was was yesterday. And uh, it can't be, you know, salmon from O'Brien's, oh, which is just absolutely envious. incredible. Oh. And, and, I, and I, I don't know if you remember, Mr. Owl, I backed over my battery charger, my good one, a couple <laughs> months ago. And, uh, you know, I got a new battery charger. Yay. Uh, yeah, well, it, it compacted. It doesn't work very well, though, no. And uh, so anyway, just just uh, and, and just a, a wonderful gift of, of God, my son and daughter, and it was a great time. Wonderful. I got a card from my dog, and I'm, I'm trying to work through Wait, that. You got a card from I got a Father's Ginger? Day card from my dog, and it was very cute, but I'm, I'm trying to work through what that means. I, and I, I guess what? I don't know. Okay. But anyway, I got another card from my kids, <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the two-legged kind. And uh, now here's the deal. If you can name this tune... Uh, uh, you can give me a message on Facebook. In fact, we, we got it up right here. It's uh, facebook.com backslash advancing vibrant communities. All run together. Facebook.com backslash advancing vibrant communities. Tell me, uh, what television program this is from. And here, here's the hint. It says, you're one of the best dads in the known universe or the unknown. And I'm going to hold the car up to the microphone so you can see it out there. You got it? Okay. Oh, here, here's the music. Name that tune on Facebook, and we'll send you a copy of today's CD and some other good stuff as well. Are you ready? Here we go. <laughs> Mr. Al has it. One of my favorite yeah, all-time programs. All and right. But you did so, have a good Father's Day. I had a great Mike, time. Wonderful. It was, uh, yeah, it was, yes. it was great, despite you the jokes about it. how old the old man is. But <laughs> we won't go there. Well, All now right. to more exciting things. Voice of the Martyrs here on Lighthouse Live. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with news of 500 real-life Jesus freaks. It's Moscow, 1966. 500 Soviet Baptists gather at the Communist Central Committee with a petition requesting the government to stop interfering with church affairs and asking for the release of 170 imprisoned believers. The next morning, they get their answer. Hundreds of KGB officers and soldiers attack. The Christians link arms, sing hymns, and pray even as they are beaten and dragged onto buses. It makes me wonder, what would I do if here in America we lost the freedom to talk about Jesus? Or have we already? Will you stand with the Voice of the Martyrs? Go online to persecution.com. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. And again, I ask you to pray for those uh, brothers and sisters around the world who are being persecuted uh, for their 
for their faith. And uh, speaking of that, uh, an agency that's all about preserving that, Brad Dacus in the Pacific Justice Institute. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Michael Newdow, the atheist who keeps filing lawsuits to remove religion from public discourse, is at it again. Refusing to take no for an answer, he has petitioned the Washington, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals to rehear his losing case to eliminate prayers and so help me God at presidential inaugurations. Well, Pacific Justice Institute is defending pastors Rick Warren and Joseph Lowry, also named in the suit, for offering the invocation and benediction in January 2009. Well, the First Amendment says Congress shall make no law establishing religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Let's pray that the circuit court does not expand the language of the First Amendment. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And we're back with you live on Lighthouse Live, Pastor Mike, Elaine, and uh whole host of friends that we'll be introducing to you and in just a moment let's take a a look at some opportunities for you to volunteer from the volunteer center of the united way central valley trojans share your love of football and knowledge of the game with boys and girls adult volunteers ages 21 and older needed to coach and condition young football players or cheerleaders for upcoming games and competitions youth volunteers ages 15 to 20 also needed to assist the coaches, volunteers, mentor as needed, and assist in development via leadership by example. That's good. Practices and games are held weekday evenings and Saturdays, depending on the level, coached uh, beginning July 13 through November 27th at Castleburg Park in Riverbank. Although a good understanding of the game or cheering experience is valued, it is not necessary Adult volunteers must pass a background check. Central Valley Trojans is a competitive youth and cheerleading program instilling teamwork, respect, outstanding athletic and academic performance, judgment, accountability, nobility, and sportsmanship in boys and girls from the ages of 16 through 14. That carries through uh, a lifetime for them, we're sure. Well, and they certainly have the right name. <laughs> you attested that, yeah. Uh, Goes back a ways. Wait till next year. Yeah. All right. All right. Habitat. I'm going to miss Pete, though, i got to tell you. Well, yes. I'm going to miss Pete. Yes, you are. Gone, gone Do you want to expand on that? Or Probably not. That's, you right. can go ahead. Should we move on? on? Habitat for Humanity of Stanislaus. Uh, building homes alongside low-income families while they build their dream of home ownership. Uh, volunteer orientations are held at 1230 p.m. every Thursday uh, or one Saturday a month. Habitat for Humanity addresses the problem of poverty housing by building homes in partnership with families who provide sweat equity. We like that word, don't we? Sweat equity. Actually, it's two words. We like that. It is. uh, One, two. (laughs) And benefit from (laughs) no interest loans to purchase their new homes. Sal knows a lot about that habitat stuff. Reading Works, adult literacy program. It's four syllables. uh, It is. Should we break this down we can parse it we can probably, probably not. go ahead no. that's okay. all right i uh, want you to uh get involved in reading works this is a great great thing to volunteer because you can teach an adult to read and change their future and the future of their children grandchildren and just to change their whole world really volunteers age 16 years and older spend just a couple of hours per week Increasing a student's basic reading skills, utilizing an easy-to-follow phonics-based curriculum. Reading Works is providing a tutor orientation. This is happening on the 21st of July, 6.30 to 7.30, followed by a tutor training. That takes place on uh, Saturday, July 24th, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Both will be held at the Modesto Library downstairs auditorium. Reading Works is a partnership of the Stanislaw County Library and the Stanislaw Literacy Center, providing free literacy services for adults who need to improve their basic academic skills in Stanislaw County. This is uh, 
a very much needed thing to get involved with. Yeah, a couple of years ago, remember, we uh, uh, had some guests on. They were talking about the statistics. I think it was mm-hmm. 46% okay. of Americans can't read the instructions on their prescriptions. And this is so important. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It encourage really you to is. participate. Absolutely. And if you have any questions about this or any of the other items that we mentioned connected with the Volunteer Center, excuse me, of the United Way, call Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email her at bborba at uastan.org. Now, lots of opportunities during the summer months to uh, jump in and volunteer with us here at ABC, or any time of the year for that matter. But, you know, as the temperatures rise, and they will, today's the first day of summer. Happy summer to you, Mr. Al's got his way cool glasses on, playing Mr. <laughs> Hollywood tonight. We don't know why, but that's, as for me, it's because he's celebrating summer. That's why, duh. And they're very stylish. They really Mr. are. Mr. Al, just But, uh, you know, we want, we want to OSHA approve. That's very important to Mr. Al. You know, we want to think about our neighbors who may not have the means uh, in which to keep cool. And we want to check, and we think of the, the uh, senior population in particularly, they may not have the, the means to keep themselves cool during the summer months, and we see this year after year. You may want to check on them. Not you may want to. You do want to check on them, uh, your neighbors down the street or across town or whatever the case may be, just to see if they're all right. You know, those who reside in mobile homes especially, these are just like heating boxes that are just it's a, t- a terrible situation uh, many times. Make some phone calls, and you can do this from, you know, the comfort of your own home there. Or you might want to donate some time, uh, some maybe some portable air conditioners if you have them, uh, or maybe you can help install them uh, or some, some fans or something. Maybe all of these things, if you want to do uh, some of all of these things, give us a call here, and we will connect you with these opportunities, 209 209- 544-9571 is our number, and we will connect you with those opportunities to serve. We don't want to lose anyone uh, to extreme heat conditions this summer. Well, we uh, have been looking forward to tonight for some time now, and we have with us some very special people, and we want to give a big, warm welcome. Group hug, yes, to everybody. Doctors Medical Foundation, Miller's Place, Alzheimer's Daycare and Resource Center, Adult Day Healthcare Center. Did I get all of that in there? We want to welcome Sally Bosch, Liz Fells, and Amy Vickery. And thank you, ladies, for, for joining us. Thank you. And, thank you. Uh, oh, just what a team. I uh, uh, want to thank you for a recent tour of the, uh, the uh, Resource Center there. Uh, we took a walk down memory lane, and we want to hear all about that. Sally, thank you for your leadership. Well, thank you. you wanna, Thanks for having us today. Oh, it's just our pleasure and a blessing that you could all be here because I know you're all very busy women. Most of our guests are. We say that, I think, every week because everybody is busy. But, uh, I you thought t- you meant most of them were women. Well, no, not most of oh, them are women. Most of them are busy. Busy. Most of them are busy women. Yes. Okay. Thank you for right. clarifying <laughs> Sally, catch us up on what's going on well, over there. at the DMC Foundation, uh, we do actually have 10 different programs, and we're actually known for Miller's Place. Usually if we're out and about in town and, and uh, we if we do a ben- vendor booth, you know, at some particular event, and we say, welcome, you know, we're DMC Foundation, and we say, and the home of Miller's Place, it's amazing how many people know about us because so many of their loved ones have been in Miller's Place. And also we um, have 10 different programs that we do at the foundation. Um, besides Miller's Place, which is the adult daycare health center and uh, Alzheimer's resource center, we also have the mom mobile, and I'll, Amy Vickery will talk about that a little later. Um, we also have a CPR and first aid training, um, and that's a two-year certification through American Heart Association. Most places only do a one-year certification. Wow. Um, with that certification, actually, we will we do in-house um, classes, and we will we'll also go out to site. So we do a lot of um, big organizations, big corporations, as well as little. Um, if you just one person needs a certification, we'll do that as well. Um, Lifeline, which is a personal response system. We mm-hmm. also have that um, that we do at the foundation. Uh, diabetes community services, we do diabetes prevention and screening. 
um, childbirth and family education and a fresh door outdoors project. We also have a thrift store called Memory Lane. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one other service we have is our Kids Works Puppet Theater. That is very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about the Alzheimer's um, portion of it uh, because this is a huge portion of it and Liz is just a sweetheart. Liz Fells. When I took the tour very recently, um, Mike, I walked into the um, center there, which is, and we'll let Liz tell us all about this because she is the expert in, in my in my um, guess. You, you had a room full of people there, Liz. Tell us who comes there, why, what takes place there at Miller's Place. Okay, well, uh, the Adult Day Healthcare Center uh, happens to be a healthcare facility, but it's also a social program. Uh, so we reach out to the community, to those in need. Uh, unfortunately, not enough know about what we do and why. Um, we are, we'd like to say we're a stepping stone, um, or perhaps. I don't like to say we're a stepping stone. I'd like to keep all folks out of a skilled facility and home and happy and productive in their last days. Uh, but it, in their own homes, in, in other words. In their own homes, yes. yes. Okay. So we uh, have a plethora of activities that we uh, do on a daily basis, and we provide eight scopes of activities that will enhance their lives above and beyond the uh, physical and occupational therapies. Who can come there, and how does it happen? Um, well, you have to have a need and a doctor's referral. Um, but anybody that is uh, disabled or can't do things on their own, of course, would, would be a candidate. Talk a little bit about the effect on family. I mean, I, <clears throat> I do a lot of funerals for families who've been through the process of a loved one uh, going through Alzheimer's, and, and there's a tremendous toll yes. emotionally and physically on, yes. on family members. Talk about what you provide in, in terms of family support. Well, we home. definitely provide respite here mm-hmm. at Miller's Place. Uh, many folks don't have anywhere to turn, and they're at their wit's end by the time that they realize that they have found help with us. Uh, but you've got folks that are trying to work a full-time job and care for their parents or their aunts, uncles. And um, it's very taxing on a person. Uh, full-time care is exactly what it is, full-time care. It doesn't mean you get six hours or even eight hours of sleep. That means you may be up all night, every night for a week, because their clocks aren't like ours any longer. What does it take for some family members to to do that release, to say, you know what, I need a break, and uh, I'm okay about somebody coming in? Does it take some arm twisting, I would imagine, sometimes? It takes a lot of trust. Hmm. When they come to Mm. us, they are at their wits' end. But you have to remember, this is the person that they have lived with for months or years on end with no help, and now they have to relinquish some of those duties to us. And so we need to make sure that we provide that confidence to them that we are perfectly capable and um, caring and willing to care for them like they would at home. Now, let's say a, a family has a family member that maybe is just showing some early signs. Mm-hmm. What are we looking for? What, what, what right. do families need yeah. to look for, recognize, uh, come to grips with uh, as they enter this phase of a loved one's life? Um, you know, they have, uh, the Alzheimer's Association actually has a test. If you go online to the Alzheimer's what, what Association.org. Alzheimer's Association.org, is that the, the website? Yes. Okay. And you can go on, and there's an actual test online there that you can take. Um, but frequently, um, forgetfulness is the first warning sign. Perhaps they they don't remember their train of thought. Uh, 
Um, now you're scaring me. I mean, let, <laughs> let's put this in perspective. <laughs> you know? I mean, we're not talking it, about just an. It is hereditary. Okay, so so that might be something that family members need to look for is, is what happened to mom and dad or grandpa, Absolutely. grandma. Absolutely, I think a lot of problem with this country is that we do not do things until it's put into our lap, and we mm. have to do something. Mm. Uh, I think we need to be a little more proactive about those things. Now, I'd imagine for the person who is in the early stages of Alzheimer's that there's there's an issue of having to face uh, that particular challenge. And talk a little bit about uh, maybe help that, that you can provide family members for dealing with that particular dynamic. Well, um, any of our uh, family members, if the uh, participant is enrolled in our program, we offer counseling and supportive services there at Miller's Place as well as community referrals. Now, is this just covering Stanislaus County, or is there a wider wider region? We are Stanislaus County-based, okay. <clears throat> uh, and we hit many little cities outside of uh, Modesto, uh, all the way out to Turlock, Patterson, sure. uh, Oakdale. Great. Liz, where does the education on Alzheimer's and, and, and this, where does it begin? Are we doing this in the schools? Or should we be doing this so that we are educated at maybe an earlier age so that we're not hit with this later on and we're going, oh, my goodness, what's happening to mom and dad? Like, like you said, uh, uh, you know, we're getting, in, you know, the baby boomers and, and, and all of this. What, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that we really need to uh, educate early on. Uh, and we are searching for a cure um, mm -hmm. But I've got some statistics here that are startling. Mm -hmm. By 2008, we will have, in Stanislaus County, uh, 7,575 people uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. So that's two years ago we're talking about now, that's right? As of 2008. As and of by 2030, that will have doubled. Mm -hmm. So as the baby boomers come into age in need of care, uh, we are going to be inundated with folks that need care and not enough education or resources out there available. It's kind of a, a rare thing, isn't it, that you have here at Miller's Place where people can come and it's like really a, a daycare for, for, I mean, adults. for adults where they can come and have activities, arts and crafts. I was just bowled over by the compassion of you, Liz, oh, and the you. other, the others that were there, um, Sally, and, and and the others that you have someone there that is um, treating these people with love, dignity, reading to them uh, current events, um, just sharing with them daily things of life. Um, they have things that they can do and participate in. Um, we also do the physical, physical therapy and physical, occupational yes. therapy. They love getting on that bike and, you know, stretching their arms. And we do a lot of, with the occupational therapy, a lot of hand-eye coordination. Yes. And just, you know, keep stimulating their minds. And um, they do still have some brain cells, and we just keep try to keep them going. Absolutely. The gentleman that kept asking for the food tray every right. three minutes. I yeah. mean, my goodness, you know, mm -hmm. you were treating him with, with love right. and respect. Right. And you know how great is yeah. that? I have a mother-in-law with Alzheimer's, so it's very near and dear to mm -hmm. my heart. We were, yes, mm -hmm. you and Cheryl. Cheryl yes. Oliveira, who run, uh -huh. we, we know her. She's a, a dear friend of ours, and mm -hmm. um, she's has been dealing with that in her own family. And the conversation that you ladies were having was just so sweet, and I was just blessed to be a part of listening to mm -hmm. your sharing. We don't realize, you know, for the most part, that people forget such things as how to walk. Mm -hmm. Talk mm -hmm. about that. Right. Well, my mother-in-law right now is at the stage. She's 83 years old. Um, one thing I want to say is you don't realize my mother-in-law lived by herself. Mm -hmm. My father-in-law passed away 22 years mm -hmm. ago. Um, and she lived in Redwood City by herself, and she was a seamstress by trade. She was actually Willie Mays' seamstress for years. So, no, no. Yeah, we wow. have lots of Willie Mays wow. oh memorabilia. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. But um, we didn't realize it. She probably had the disease a good 10 years before we realized she had it. 
um, we'd go visit her, and her house was a mess, and it was never a mess. She looked kind of funny because she was always impeccably dressed. Mm-hmm. Um, she called one day and told us that she had to um, go and order some new checks because she couldn't find her checks. And but the next day she called and told us the same thing, and we said, "Oh, Oma, she's German." So we, you know, Oma, you just ordered some. She goes, "No, I didn't. I ordered them today." Mm-hmm. Just little things would happen. Um, we went to visit her one day, and her garage was literally full of Costco paper towels. Because every time she went to Costco in her mind, she thought she needed paper towels. So as we started realizing little things that would happen, um, medicine, we knew she wasn't taking it. And she knew she wasn't taking it. She couldn't remember if she took it. So her way of trying to remember was tipping the bottle over. If she tipped it over in her mind, she she did take her pill. But then she would second guess herself, did I really take this pill or not? We got her the days of the week pill box, you know, thinking, okay, Monday. Well, she didn't know what Monday was, Mm. you know, just little things. So she probably had it a good 10 years or more. Um, So we, um, my husband's sister also lives here in Modesto, and we decided to move her, you know, and we moved her into an assisted living facility. Um, But it just amazed us how long she had it, and we had no idea had no idea and just how scary you know she we knew that she drove and we knew that she went through red lights because our kids would be in the car to tell us Mm. you know they would like tattle and and it's very scary Scary. and and it's just this was my mother-in-law so you can imagine how many people are out there just like her now what uh and you know that that personal experience is so valuable Mm -hmm. uh, as Mm -hmm. as you help others talk a little bit about the process you went through uh in in terms of coming to grips with that and, and how did you um, introduced to your mother-in-law the fact that we we have to uh, address this and, and very hard. Uh, that was very hard. My mother-in-law, yeah. my 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 husband and his sister decided not to tell her that she had Alzheimer's mm-hmm. because of her heritage and she's a very um, mm, tough woman, <laughs> little little German lady, five foot tall, and and um, because I think by the time we realized she had it, it was a little she was too advanced. Mm-hmm. Can I ask how old? Um, how old she was? What, what well, age? she was probably she's she's eighty three right now. Okay. And we moved her about ten years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. We just realized it wasn't safe for her to be in that house by herself. Um, so it was a very hard transition. If you can imagine taking someone from a home that she lived in for thirty some years, um, and moving her into an assisted living. At that time, we felt that she was still able to mainstream into assisted living and, and not having to go into the memory care unit where she lived. Um, and she was able to live there about two years before they said, you know what, this is not safe anymore. Because in regular assisted living, they can go walk outside it, you know, walk out the community, take a walk. It's still gated, but take a walk. But they're not locked in, per se, for safety. And it got to the point where she would wander too much. Um, she would go on outings on the bus because they go, you know, every Wednesday they put them on the bus and they'd go to Target and, you know, and or wherever, you know, Walgreens or whatever. And um, she would come back with things in her pocket. And she had no money, but she'd see something, and in her mind, she needed that lotion or she needed that toothpaste. And, you know, my mother-in-law never stole the day in her life, but in her mind, she needed it. And there was no concept of money anymore. They took a wine tasting one day, and she got back on the little bus, and she had a a T-shirt from the winery. And she was very proud that she had that T-shirt, and she was showing everybody else on the bus. Well, the, the bus driver, who was actually the activity director, realized that Annie, my mother in law had no money mm. and so went and returned it and the gentleman let her keep it. But you know, they have there's really no concept of a lot of things. Um in the middle of the night she'd walk around and she'd knock on people's doors and ask where her sewing was, their internal clock like Liz talked about, they have no concept of time. You know, they don't know if it's it's called the sundowner syndrome. Mm. Um so yeah, it was very hard. It harder for my husband and his sure, sister, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um but once we moved her, and, you know, we had to go see her a lot, and then it got to the point where they said, don't come, because she needs to get accustomed to where she's living. And we find that, too, when participants, new participants come into Miller's Place. It could take, take a week or two for them really to feel comfortable and feel that they belong and that we love them and care for them and, you know, and um, that and it's the, their, we're their place. friends. Yeah, it's their it's friend. Their place. Yeah, they have a voice when they come. If we're doing an activity, if, you know, we're making a... A little necklace or something, you know, and they don't want to do that. They don't have to, you know. They're they're welcome to join in on any of the activities we do. We do bring a lot of entertainment and a lot of fun singers, and right. um, usually on Wednesdays and Fridays, um, and they just get a kick out of that. And um, 
We do a lot of current events. We yes. do a lot of science projects. Yes. Liz is great. She's the activity director, and it's amazing, you know, just to keep that mind stimulated, what they do. You have a little garden area outside yeah. where they can go. Yes, and we, can, we have indoor-outdoor activities. Uh-huh. That's one of the scopes of activities we do there. Uh, we do bring entertainment, and many folks can't get out of their homes to go to, to community events. So um, we definitely provide some entertainment for them and some happiness to their day and some meaning. Did anybody see the movie Notebook? Oh, yes, yes. my favorite. I cried (laughs) (laughs) through that movie, as we probably Mm -hmm. all did. I just, you know, for James Garner is just, you know, one of the... But Mike, did you see that movie? I did not. It was... But James Garner's one. Yes, yes. You really ought to see that movie. I mean, it just was uh, a good movie, I right. thought. It just, just... Well, it was very was, accurate. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. It's very sad. Um, many folks will regress back to uh, their younger years, and um, that's where they're living. Right. And uh, one of the techniques we do at Miller's Place is to go along on that journey with them. Yeah. And, um, and and that's some good advice to people at home that are uh, maybe dealing with the frustrations of mom or dad saying, you know, well, I need to go. We live in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, we live in Kansas today. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. go on that journey with them, and uh, they won't become agitated, and it'll make your day a lot easier. And in their mind, it's very real. And if they're getting frustrated, we're really good at redirecting. You know, just move on to something else and get their mind off whatever they're having struggles with. I always tell everybody um, uh, in retrospect to having Alzheimer's and just the repetitiveness. um, I always tell people, have you ever seen the movie Fifty First Dates with Drew Barrymore? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. really, she had a head injury, which was different, but she Mm -hmm. kept repeating herself every day she'd wake up. And, you know, it was a new day, but to her, she was saying the same thing over and over. And that's pretty much what it's like. Yeah. Our activities director in the back, the Alzheimer's um, program director, Rita, uh, put it put it in a, an interesting perspective to me when she said it's a really long goodbye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. Yes. It is. Because for yeah. those caregivers who have loved that person and had them as such an important part of their life for years and years, to see them go downhill slowly, slowly, like Sally said, it's yes. been 10 years yes. for them. They've right. been on this journey right. with her mother-in-law. Yeah, my mother-in-law right goodbye. now is at the point where... Um, She's physically fine, but mentally not. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you put food in front of her and she's not sure what to do with it. You know, we have to say, Oma, you know, we basically are spoon feeding her once it's in her mouth. She doesn't know to chew it and swallow it anymore. You know, so they, it's amazing. You know, they, they lose everything. And we have an expert staff that can really tell and they do assessments on people to see if they're at that point. I mean, it's very typical that we would all forget things and, you know, lose your keys and not know what to do with them. But, you know, the difference between someone who is normal and and someone who is in the beginning stages of dementia or even Alzheimer's is, you know, when you find those keys, do you know what to do with them? I've got that forgetting. Some of those people don't know what keys are for. Right. I forget those keys all the time. Amy Vickery, they have to be so blessed to have you as the the public relations uh, gal there with them at Miller's Place. And we're going to talk much more with you when we come back. You know, we've got a song here, movies and songs, and this this is, whenever we play this, we have to make sure that we have the Kleenex handy, but it's one of those that you love to weep along with. This is Mark Schultz. I don't know if you guys have heard this, called Walking Her Home on Lighthouse Live, and we'll be back right after this. Looking back, he sees it all. It was her first day the night he came to call. And her dad said, son, have her home on time And promise me you'll never leave her side He took her to a show in town And he was ten feet off the ground As he was walking her home Holding her hand Oh, the way she smiled Walking home 
years in a waiting room at half past one. So when the doctor said, come in and meet your son, and his knees went weak when he saw his wife, well, she was smiling and she said, he's got your eyes. And as she slept, he held her kind of bittersweet but when you look at someone's life sally liz and and amy uh, you know these people precious precious people have lived many of them most of them productive wonderful lives with their families and and their families have to decide they have to make that all important decision what to do with mom and dad and you know as we were talking earlier Sally, you were saying that, that your husband and his sister decided not to tell uh, mom that she had Alzheimer's. What about the ones who do? What's the reaction? I'm sure it's probably mixed, but um, talk a little bit about that. How? What's the acceptance part of it? There's a process, I'm sure, and I guess depending on the level and... Um, how does that? It, it is tough. Um, I remember the doctor um, who was a neurologist who actually was the one that diagnosed my mother-in-law. And like I said, she was, her mind had gone farther than we thought, you know, um, and we probably got her to the doctor much later than we could have, but we didn't live by her. When he finally told her, you know, Annie, um, you have Alzheimer's. I, and my, my husband wasn't there yet. He was stuck in traffic, so I was there by myself. And I just remember she let out this big screen and, mm. and said something in German or Russian. I'm not sure which. Mm-hmm. Um, she was born in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So her first language was Russian and then Germany or German um, before she came to the States. And she just couldn't believe it. And about four or five minutes later, my husband walked in the door, and she had already forgot it. 
She mm. was just so happy to see wow. my husband. Mm. Wow. And then after we left the doctor's office, we were trying to explain to her again, and she was so confused. She had no idea that we were what we were talking about. She didn't even know she just saw the doctor. So it's different with everybody. Um, I think there is a lot of denial. Um, we see people every day. There was a family that came in today um, that are probably going to start coming to the program, the wife. And um, she's she very is very much aware that she has Alzheimer's. Um, she knows that she can't remember, but she's still very happy, uplifting. And a lot of people that come into program, especially the women, their family members tell them they're coming to volunteer to help people in our program. Oh, wow. You know, they, they still want to work or they still want to, they're, they're still such giving people. Um, and especially the women, like I said, they're coming to volunteer or they're coming to help. Other so nurturing, people. huh? Very, yes. and it's fun. You know, they set the table or they, you know, Liz has them doing a lot of different things. So, um, go ahead, Liz. Well, I was just going to say how important that is for them to have meaning and to have a little bit of control in their lives. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we provide there is so important because if a body does not have this in their lives they will perish they won't thrive and the disease will take over much much faster now liz you have you have a an interesting challenge there because not all of your clients are alzheimer's patients right? that is uh, correct talk a, a little bit about the breadth of of other disabilities that you're working with well um any adult in need that has a disability so 18 and above. We do have some younger clients, not too young, uh, but we are seeing many younger and younger. Hmm. Um, What type of disabilities are are we talking about? We are talking everything from closed head injuries, Hmm. maybe due to a car accident or skiing accident. Uh, They may be diagnosed with Parkinson's or Huntington's disease or just so many things that afflict uh, folks in our community. It doesn't have to be necessarily Alzheimer's or dementia. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're just not able to take to care of their, themselves at home. Right. Um, they we would... have some people that are um, amputees. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Diabetic. Maybe mm-hmm. they are not uh, able to give their own insulin daily. Mm-hmm. And they still, maybe their caregiver has to work. So that would create a need for them to come to the center and be checked by our RN that's on staff. Well, in any discussion of medical issues, of course, the issue of how do we pay for that comes up. Talk a little bit about, uh, let's talk about your sphere of influence there, okay, Uh, Liz, in terms of of the disabilities, and then then let's talk specifically about the Alzheimer's patients. How, I mean, a family has uh, a loved one, it looks like uh, this may be an issue, they take them to the doctor and, and there's a diagnosis. What happens from there, the big question, how does this get paid for? What are some of those options? Well, I'll tell you, as far as I know, I haven't seen a whole lot of insurance that covers this Mm. need, Mm. and it definitely is a need, which is very sad to me. Uh, So many private pay. Um, It is a covered benefit through Medi-Cal, so... uh, Folks that are on Medi-Cal can receive this, uh, but we do have to ask for it. So not necessarily everyone that has Medi-Cal would be covered. So we have to assess their needs and then send it out to the state. Now, when I was there um, for the tour, you ladies were telling me that Friday was an incredibly busy, busy day for the center. That there were a lot of people that come on Fridays. Um, what about the need for volunteers? Oh, that is just the huge, huge, huge need and the icing on the cake for us. Uh, volunteers can bring so much to uh, the folks there at Miller's. What can volunteers do there? And I want to hear from each of you. They can do anything and everything. (laughs) Right now. We have a group of ladies that sit together, and there's an an older woman that comes every week to volunteer. And I love going in there and watching. She might be playing dominoes with them. She might be painting their fingernails. You know, whatever. They could tell stories and reminisce. Absolutely. Yeah. Art projects, um, even simple things like getting them a drink of water. A lot of a lot of our participants are um, handicapped in the means that they need a walker or they're mm-hmm. in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So we basically um, we're licensed for fifty, 
in the front program, which is the, the um, health center, and the, the Alzheimer's center is licensed for 20, although there's quite a few Alzheimer's participants in the front program. But um, we have to, you know, basically we do everything for them. You know, so there's a physical part. Yes, too. absolutely. Can you absolutely. have someone come in and actually do like exercises with them? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, they mm-hmm. could actually lead a program if that were their interest. I like to make sure that when I have a volunteer come that um, I target on their expertise so it, mm-hmm. or their interest so they can bring they feel like they're bringing something from themselves into a community uh, of folks that really need it. Uh, but maybe some folks don't do well in this setting. Maybe it's just too much for many, and it is. You can do behind the scenes that really help us as well. You could prep an activity. You could do some input in the computer. You know, there's so many options for And volunteer. if you have creative ideas, I love someone coming in and reading articles of interest from the paper to them. Yes. They love that, don't they? They love it. Things like that. Things like arts and crafts. The puppet ministry. If that, I call it a puppet ministry. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> Talk about that. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, Amy's an expert on Amy, that. Amy, oh, I don't know about it. You're customer. awesome. <laughs> we do have a program called Kids Works, and it is a puppet theater. They go into the schools, a lot of local schools, and um, give presentations to kids using puppets. And it's a great way to uh, captivate their energy um, and you know get their interest. And um, they talk to them about water safety. I think almost everybody's seen Splasher. Oh, that's yes. one of our puppets that's sponsored by MID, uh-huh. um, teaching kids not to swim in canals. And they have other programs on you know bullying and safety and um, accepting other people and diversity and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a fun program and. Um, I don't know necessarily if they need volunteers. They do train young people to help with their puppet program. But um, our needs for volunteering are basically in Miller's Place, like Liz mentioned. But they could also help in the kitchen. They could help at Memory Lane in our thrift store. They could help in a lot of ways. I mean, we need people to, you know, pull weeds even, (laughs) you know, sometimes. And being a nonprofit, you know. Funding is is slim these days. Um, we have we get a lot of funding from um, federal grants, and you know a lot of that money is is depleted and needed in other places. So we even have volunteers to come in and help spruce up um, simple things. We would there's we have a wish list. I mean, we would love to have the inside of our of Miller's Place splashed with bright colors. Right now, it's white walls, and mm. we do you know we put a lot of fun things on the walls. You know, um, Valentine's, St. Patrick's, whatever. Um, the theme is for the month, but Fourth of July. Fourth is of coming. July. Yes. Yeah. Um, if there was someone that had some carpet, you know, there's just just we always have a ton of chairs, yeah. <laughs> um, art supplies. Um, just you know, there's there's so many people out there that that um, can help us. Let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, preparing the volunteer. I mean, uh, I, I would imagine some issues have to be dealt with. A lot, a lot of patience. You're looking for people with compassion, uh, yes. and uh, b- but also as relationships uh, develop, I would imagine uh, they go through the grief process too, as uh, someone that they cared for is is no longer there. Talk a little bit about the training or the help that you can provide the volunteer to get ready for what they're going to do. Well, we definitely uh, like to consider those options and, and those uh, things that come up with volunteering because you do get very close to these folks. And you do do build dynamic and meaningful relationships. Mm-hmm. And these relationships, might I tell you, may be the only ones that that participant has in their life. Mm-hmm. I mean, this mm-hmm. is crucial yes, to them. Yes. So um, it is very deep. And um, yes, death does occur. Um, but I like to make sure that uh, the volunteers that come through me to into my program know that... Um, You've made a big difference and a huge impact on that person's life, and then you've improved their life with just a smile. You've done something mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now we do offer counseling as well. We have social services on staff. So, um, if that were ever an issue, uh, but just being with them every day and being a wonderful part of their lives really. Now, is there any helps. specific training they have to go through? You're just looking for someone with some willingness to help. Well, we like to make sure. No, they don't have. They have to have specific okay. training, but they mm-hmm. do need to have a willingness of commitment. So because these, because it's such a close uh, 
relationship, we want to make sure that that client is not just kind of forgotten. Okay, this seemed good for a little while, but it's kind of time-consuming, and maybe I'm not going to come today. What type of, of time commitment in terms of length of time yeah, what are, you asking are you looking for? for? Well, I think, you know, many folks may only have summertime hours available to them or, you know, it just kind of depends. But if I know in the beginning where I can best place them in that time slot, that can definitely help how close they get to the clientele. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liz, what are the ages of the volunteers? We have junior volunteers, 10 and up. Great. Turn and up, okay. and then you're never too old to volunteer. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. And it's so enriching to those people's lives. Yes. You know, you talk to the volunteers that are there, and mm-hmm. they say they've given to me so much more than I've given to them. Mm-hmm. I read a quote that said, um, the wealthiest people in the world aren't rich, they're volunteers. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it really it, I love that. Say that again, life. Amy. The wealthiest people in the world aren't rich, they're volunteers. Isn't that cool? I love that. And we have a volunteer information night coming up. I hope it's okay for me to watch that. Please do. Next Tuesday night, the 29th of June at 7 p.m. in our Annex building, which is at 700 McHenry Avenue. Go, girl. So, yeah, pop on by or call us, you know, if you have any questions about that um, at 209-527-3412. We also welcome everybody to come to our website, which is dmcfsandfrank.org, and you can read more about all the programs that we run. Wonderful. Let's give those one more time. Phone number to contact, 209-527-3412. That's 527-3412. And the website, DMCF, as in Doctors Medical Center Foundation, dmcf.org. You guys are so awesome. Now shall we take a stroll down memory lane? Tell us about it. Yes. Taking a stroll down memory lane. The store. store. The oh, gosh. <laughs> How quickly we forget. Um, it's amazing. It, it It's known as um, one of the best-kept secrets in town. We've been open since November, I believe. Um, and there's so many people that have dropped off so many wonderful things. And um, the person that runs that store, Cheryl, has just been amazing. The time she and the is. commitment. Yes. She even will go out on a Saturday to a garage sale and see what's really neat out there. And she'll purchase it herself. And, you know, or, or what's really been nice is um, people have opened their arms. Whatever's left at their garage sale, they have brought it to Memory Lane. That store right. is absolutely it's really nice. fabulous. Mm-hmm. And if anybody can make a store look good, Cheryl, Cheryl can. Yeah. Yeah. And next, oh, and next yes. week, I believe she's going to have a yard sale all week. Parking lot sale, yeah, leading up to the 4th of July. We're doing a fireworks booth this year for the first time as a fundraiser, and they're having a parking lot sale. I'm going to have to go check it out. But the thrift store is fabulous because in 2009, I don't know if you guys are aware that the state cut the funding for our Alzheimer's program. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just on the chopping block, and it it had to go, but we're not going to close the doors to all of those people suffering with Alzheimer's. So we opened the thrift store to... um, Offset the losses from from the the money that we no longer receive from the state. So everything that's purchased there goes back into the foundation and keeping the programs running. And, and can you give us the address and phone number there? It's uh, 700 McHenry Avenue, mm-hmm. and you could call the main foundation phone number, okay. 527-3412. And you guys are right there, close, you know. Close right next door. In the, door. Same, in the yeah. same building. Oh, yeah, really, so. so that's wonderful. Great. And the hours of the thrift store, Memory Lane? Well, Monday through Friday, 10 to 4, I believe, and then Saturday, 11 to 5. You know, and the other day when I was there, Cheryl needs volunteers, mm-hmm. so let's uh, let's consider that uh, when we're looking at volunteer opportunities as well to come in and help her run the store and be there for her and kind of keep the merchandise neat and tidy and clean and and just, uh, you know, do all the things that you would do at a, in a retail store to help her get that going and keep that going. Let's go back to talking about the, the respite care that, uh, that you can provide. And, uh, you know, we, we've got a personal example here, and it takes a lot of emotional and physical energy mm-hmm. uh, out of you to, uh, to, to care for someone that you love and, and who's going through this process. What, what do people have to do to qualify for respite care, and what does that mean in terms of the actual help that they can get? Well, again, we have two programs, and in the Alzheimer's program, um, which is the other program that I do not run, uh, 
You have to have a diagnosis of of Alzheimer's or dementia. So it could be dementia from Alzheimer's or dementia from a stroke um, because we're licensed. So we have to have that from the doctor, actually. And um, basically, that's it. We we have um, our program director that comes out to the home and does a little visit, asks a lot of questions. Um, The individual must have a... a, um, of a TB test, a negative TB test in both programs, actually. Yes. To come into the program. Basically, that's that's what you need to come into the Alzheimer's program. And in Liz's program, um, it's a little more extensive. There's a, um, a doctor's um, questionnaire that has to be filled out. We want to know what their meds are. And they have to have two ADLs. Um, so if they have Alzheimer's and they might have um, high blood pressure, you know, they just have to have two diagnoses. Um, and then the social worker comes out to the home um, and, again, does a lot of questions, question and answer time. And then the participant comes in for a three-day assessment. That first day, they're going to meet with our nurse and our dietitian, um, and then they're going to go into program and, and be a participant for the day um, and do a lot of Liz's fun activities. And they also, both programs, um, they get a morning snack and they get a hot lunch or a cold lunch, depending on what's served that day, and an afternoon snack. Um, and also in Liz's program, um, their fee also includes tra- transportation to and from the program. Great. And your kitchen is immaculate. <laughs> yes, it you is. You have transportation mm-hmm. there. I saw that. Mm-hmm. It's just a nicely yeah. run, well-run organization. Right. So from start to finish, usually, with, um, you know, people come for the tour. And by the time we get the, the usually the hang-up is the doctor, because sometimes it takes a while to get that paperwork from the doctor. But start to finish, we usually can admit someone or um, have them come into the program. It takes about two weeks, usually. Sometimes yeah. it could be a little quicker. So in respite care, are we talking about someone going out to the home and providing services there, or we're no, talking about bringing the client? Okay, so that's where the respite is. Right. So the They're caregiver has rest. Okay, got it. You know, they got have it. time. So to... it's not a volunteer uh, or, or no. someone staff member coming into the home. No, the only time okay. the staff okay. member comes into the home is for that home visit, um, okay. just to talk to get a little bit more information mm-hmm. um, from the family member, the, the caregiver, and the participant. Is yeah. there a support group per se for? the family members what is is. your encouragement to someone i guess it's kind of a two-part question sort of thing for the person family uh, everybody needs that support it's so important what would you say to the person listening and wherever they may be because people are listening well there's there's so many things i mean the internet for me when when my mother-in-law was diagnosed um I had no clue, you know, and so I got on the internet and Alzheimer's Society, there's, I mean, you just Google Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and it talks about the different stages and, and, you know, what to expect. And, um, that really helped me and it helped my, my husband as well as my sister-in-law. Um, we have a resource center, a little library in, in, um, our building. Um, you can check out books or, um, talking to any of our, um, staff. And then next door, um, almost next to Memory Lane, is the Alzheimer's Society of Northern California. And you welcome the public to yes. come in and utilize mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. information, yes. yeah, right? Absolutely. Good. What are the hours of that? That's, do, do we know? I do not know. They they, they just moved in to, okay. uh, next door a couple of months ago. Um, I'm not sure. Okay. They're not open every day. They do have some days that they're closed. I do know that. Now, the support groups are... Is is that made up only of of the families of clients, or or are there out other people that uh, can can come as well? How, how does that work? Well, they're filtering in more and more from the Alzheimer's Society as well. Okay. So we uh, network with them, if you will, and sometimes we'll have meetings in their facility. Okay. So my question is, do they does the relative of of the person wanting to attend a support group? Do they have to have someone enrolled in the program, or is well, it an open Normally, yes. Okay. Uh, we're very okay. limited sure. on space as far as something sure. like that okay. goes. But eventually, event, eventually, we would like to expand on that mm-hmm. and reach out to all because, you know, support is knowledge. And Amy partnerships in our community, as we know. Oh, your yes. work with the, the pregnancy center and all um, are so important. So what would you say to encourage partnerships uh, within our community uh, and others to, to come and, and uh, join in and, and be a part with, with Miller's well, I would just say, you know, get out of your four walls, like your mission Yay. statement <laughs> says, and, you know, get out in the community and, and help other people. I mean, 
you know, we're just, we're called to love each other and love our neighbors. And the Amen. best way to do that is by volunteering and helping people that, that need our help. So, you know, um, I would just say come to our volunteer um, information night next week on Tuesday night or yes. give us a call or find out another place, you know, where you might fit if it's not the the Alzheimer's program. But um, we we just we need volunteers and so do all the other nonprofits in this area. But um, we're doing a good work here at DMC Foundation, and we just hope that some people out there in the community will come alongside and join us. All Once right. again, friends, the phone number 209-527-3412, and the website www.dmcf, as in Doctors Medical Center Foundation, dmcf.org. All right. Well, ladies, thank you so much. Thank Amy, you, Liz, and Sally. We just wish you all the very, very best. God bless you for sharing Miller's Place in Memory Lane with all of our listeners. And dear listeners, thank you for listening in tonight, wherever you happen to be. God bless you. Until next time, we'll see you then. Thank you.